Hello and welcome back to the Odds Against podcast for the second of our specials this week. Today we'll be previewing the weekend's action, including the July Cup at Newmarket. As always, I'm joined by Tom Pearson and James Glover. How are you both, gents? Thank you. Good day today. Yeah, really good. I told you we'd have a bit of a turn in fortunes back on the names, Maya. <laughs> and we certainly did. We, we also had a couple of more winners uh, for the pod that we uh, filmed on Tuesday. Um, with Dame Malio and Sardinia Sunset both doing the business, as well as Alba Flora and Escape Route both hitting the frame at, at very good prices. Um, and we also had a couple of big price handicap winners in the Telegram group. So if you haven't joined that yet, the link is in our pinned tweets on Twitter. So we're going to start with the main race this weekend, the Group 1 July Cup, over six furlongs at 3.35 at Newmarket. And I think Kevin Ryan may have this race by the short and curlies. Um, both his runners, Hello Yunzain and Brando, have both put up two of the highest RPRs in the field over the last 12 months. They both handle soft ground and uh, Brando particularly has a very good track record. Um, and I think Hello Yunzain should be the favourite in my opinion. I think his run last time was the strongest form in the race. Um, he showed a very good attitude and at 5-1 to one, I think he's a, he's, he's a quite strong bet for me. Um, I, I do respect Golden Horde and he handles any conditions but he's now stepping up into open company and I, I feel the 5-2 to two is too short. And Cardem and Skeptical both, in my opinion, would probably be for better ground. Skeptical's bike seed and Excel, his progeny excel on quick ground. And Cardem's two poor runs last season came on, on softer surface. There's obviously been plenty of rain at Newmarket today. And I expect there's probably going to be a bit more rain over the next couple of days with the weather forecast as it is. Um, of the outsiders, there will also be one that I'll be backing each way, and that is the German runner Namos. He is a progressive four-year-old, having won back-to-back Group 3s in Germany this season. He was highly tried a couple of times last year when taken over to France for a couple of Group 1s behind two darn hot and advertised. He wasn't quite up to it on that occasion, but I do think he has improved this year. He looks to have, um, when you're looking at his pedigree as well, his dam put up her best performances as a five-year-old, and she also handled, handled soft ground very well, so the conditions should suit. We know he's fully fit. We know he's on the upgrade. And I think the market may have just completely underestimated him around about 50 to 1, four places available at the moment. And also William Buick is booked to ride him. So that's quite a positive jockey booking. James, what's taking your fancy in the July Cup? It's fascinating really, isn't it? Seeing these, the three-year-olds come and take on the older horses. Um, I think Golden Horse definitely the best of the three-year-olds by quite a long way. Um, and I thought it's a question of whether the £6 three-year-olds allowance is sufficient for Golden Horde. Um, I don't really know the answer to that, but I, I'm going to stick with the older horses because I think that Diamond Jubilee form is, is, is rock solid. And unlike you, Matthew, I'm going to, I fancy Skeptical to reverse form with Hume Zane. Skeptical's in front, just, a fur, just over, well, just under a furlong out at Ascot. And I think Hello Hume Zane just outstayed him. And it's a stiff finish at Ascot. Not so stiff at Newmarket. Um, also, I thought it was important to remember that Hello Yunzheim did absolutely fly out the gates at, at, um, at Ascot last time. He stole a few lengths there as well. He might not do that again this time. So I fancy Skeptical to reverse with Hello Yunzheim, um, get four to one. Uh, I'd probably wait until the, until the day uh, because he might be bigger. So Skeptical for me. Okay, Tom, what's your views on the July Cup? Uh, I, I agreed with you, to be honest, Matt. Um, I thought that Hello Yumes in. I, I do think Golden Horde is the fair favourite. 
Um, but I think Hello Yumsin should probably be a bit uh, shorter, a bit closer to him in the market. But uh, yeah, I think the bet here is definitely going to be Brando. I think he can get 25 four places. I think that's just incredible value. And like you touched on, he's running the race for the last three years. He came second three years ago, uh, third two years ago, and he was disappointing seventh last year. Um, all of those runs were on good to firm ground, and he's always been a horse that's much preferred a bit of cut. Um, it, like you said, his July course form is excellent in general. Um, with it being that little bit softer as well, you probably want to stay a little bit. So that six and a half furlong uh, pre-Maurice de Geese form, and that he's won, he won that over six and a half furlongs, that's a group one. So yeah, I think at 25 to one, the market has massively underestimated him. He was very disappointing in the Avenant on his comeback, which he usually wins. But it, it was a much better performance. I think that was his uh, first all-weather run at Newcastle, despite uh, the fact that he's an eight-year-old. But uh, yeah, it, it seemed much more like he was back to form. And uh, with conditions in his favour, good course form, I think he's a uh, cracking each way about 25 to 1, four places. There we go. So we've got some strong, uh, strong uh, selections. Taking on the favourite there. Um, going to move on to the supporting races now at Newmarket. And the first of these that we're going to preview is the Bunbury Cup, a seven furlong heritage handicap at 410. I'm going to start with you, Tom. You own a share in Raising Sand. There's been the rain. Does he win? Uh, I certainly hope so. Um, I, I've had my first ever bet on him since uh, owning him. So it'd be a real double delight for me if he did. He, he ran... I'm, I'm not going to tell you anything that anybody doesn't know because he's very much a, a public horse. Everybody knows. Nobody knows more than me, if that makes sense. Or I know more than nobody else. That, that, you, makes, you, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you go back to his Ascot run, he's run an absolute cracker from the wrong side, hasn't he? He's pulled absolutely miles clear of everything his side. Hit the front just a little bit too soon. Nicola got off him and said that she wanted something to just take her on for that little furlong longer. And uh, Card Sharp just couldn't quite do it. Um, yeah, he's, he's the handicap has very generously dropped him a pound for that. Um, 107 is still a fairly high mark. And there are kind of plenty of dangers here. Obviously, Motor Kyle won the Buckingham Palace quite well. Um, Arigato is in really good form at the minute. He couldn't have won any easier last time. And that five-pound rise might uh, might underestimate him, but yeah, uh, uh, I think he's sixteen to one five places. I still think Raising Sand is worth a bet, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful that he's got a massive race in him. Okay. Positive vibes there for the Raising Sand. Um, personally, at this stage, I, I, it sounds a bit strange because you think I'm supposed to. More like to get a bit more value, but I actually think the market looks a bit weird at the moment. For example, the second biggest outside is only 25 to 1. And you know, in these big heritage handicaps, 20 runners that on the day you're going to be getting horses at 33, 40, 50 to 1. There's going to be multiple ones of them. So I don't know whether I'd be that strong in having a bet right now, um, especially not knowing exactly what the ground is going to do. Um, the one that I did like the look of though at the price is, is Arigato, who you just touched upon, Tom. Um, he shows he handles Newmarket well, having twice placed on the July course last year and winning twice on the Rolling Mile this season. Um, he's also shown he stays eight furlongs, so he should be finishing the race off well here. Um, and he handles any ground. And for a horse coming into the back of this off two wins, 
um, and looking like a real big improver, I, I thought he was the one that was maybe overpriced at 14 to 1, um, as I thought he probably had a bit more in hand um, when he won last time. James, have you got a, a nice each way selection for us in this big handicap? In the words of the great Mike Vince, Musa Marsic, nap. <laughs> so I fancy him to reverse form with uh, Motor Kale from uh, at Ascot. Motor Kale's up seven pounds. Muta Marsic's just up two. But I don't, I don't think it's just just the weight difference. If you watch the Buckingham Palace handicap again, um, Muta Marsic was out in the middle of the track. He was on his own just from about two furlongs out, had nothing to run against from about two furlongs out to the line, and he still absolutely thrashed everything in the middle. Whereas Motorcale had um, was it Jack's Point. He was running at Jack's Point for quite a lot of the race and had him to aim at. So I think he sort of, well, that's why he won his track position. He had the pace to aim at. So, so I do fancy quite strongly Mutamasic to, to reverse Reverse there. He's only his best price thirteen to two. I don't know if that's if if you probably should wait to the day to be honest and see see what they price up in the morning. I'm going to go back to my one of my old favourites as an each way post as well. Vale of Kent loves loves Newmarket. He's back in sort of more favourable conditions. Big field handicap. I don't think the weight matters. It's just the fact that he's on a, in a big field handicap. Um, more favoured condition, 16 to 1, might get a bit bigger on the day. Um, and I trust him to run a good race as well. So, Muta Masik, Nap, and Vale of Kent, <laughs> way placings. And of course, Pogo has uh, boosted the Vale of Kent form recently as well. So, that's uh, definitely an interesting angle there. Um, so, we've got a couple of, couple of decent selections in, in that at varying prices. Um, we're going to move on from the handicaps back to the, the group action. And uh, one of the other main main supporting races is the superlative stakes at three o'clock, which is the seven film group two for two-year-olds. And James, starting off with you in this one, um, what's taking your eye at, at this bunch of two-year-olds in this race? So two standouts for me, both at the head of the market. <laughs> Seventh Kingdom, he was... Off the bridle about three and a half furlongs out at Doncaster, but he ate up the ground sort of in the last furlongs and was an impressive four-length winner. I did originally think that he wanted to be stepping up to a mile plus as soon as possible, but now the rain's come. That's it's going to be a positive to him. Um, he's a half-brother to Sprint of Lahore, um, so he still should be quite pacey, but he's by Frankel, so he's going to stay. Um, the other one, obviously Hudson River, I'm probably biased because I want Mecca's Angels progeny to do well after seeing a progress first handicaps to winning two Nunthorpes. Um, it's no bet for me between Hudson River and Seventh Kingdom. Um, but I'm hoping for, for Mecca's Angel that Hudson River wins en route to the, the national stakes uh, in September and then on to the 2000 Guineas next season. There we go. That's okay. what I have to hear. Tom, what about yourself? Is there anything that's really taking your eye in the uh, superlative stakes? Uh, yeah, there's a couple. I I don't actually like Hudson River. I thought he I thought he looked rather awkward on his debut. I think he's one of those horses that uh, Edna O'Brien would probably prefer 
not to have won on debut so he could get another run into him for experience before stepping up in class. So it, it was a good performance, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, I think he he's very short of experience and I think that's going to tell. I know a lot of these are. Um, looking at the field, you've got a maximum of two runs and uh, most of those at the top of the market just have the one. Uh, I thought that both Seventh Kingdom of, and uh, Master of the Seas would fight out the finish and I think I'd prefer Seventh Kingdom. Um, exactly as James said, he was, he was very green on debut, uh, pushed along halfway through, but he, he picked up really well. Again, posted some nice sectionals that day. Um, he's already proven on good to soft ground. And uh, yeah, I, I think a, a nice strong pace looks assured here. That should help him settle. And uh, yeah, I, I'd I'd be quite confident that Seven Kingdom is quite good. I think a four to one he's a he's a very good bet. Okay. Um like you guys, it's not very very original, but I was I was really impressed with Seven Kingdom as well in his debut. Um I say he's he's a lovely son of Franco, he's got that big stride that you associate with Franco's progeny and his dam was obviously a classy group performer at two and three herself. The one that did catch my eye on debut who's not maybe as high profile was St. Lawrence. Um, you don't see many horses by Alcazine full stop due to his fertility issues. And um, not many of the most precocious as St. Lawrence appears to have been so far. Um, but I did think he'd maybe be a bit big prize me, about 14 to one shot. And I, th- I thought he might have gone more under the radar. He didn't have to do much at all to win uh, next time out at one to two. But he has had the two runs coming in, which, which may favour him. And he, he should handle a bit of ease in the ground as well. Um, so if he does drift out between now and the race, maybe on the morning of the race he might drift out a bit. I could see myself backing him each way, but like you guys, I think I think Seventh Kingdom's going to be. He's the sort of horse you want him to be really good, don't you? Because when you, when you look at him, he looks good, and you just want him to deliver, don't you? Um, so yeah, I'm with you guys on him, especially when you're going to put your money on him. Exactly, <laughs> even more so. Although we were all very keen on Lord Campanari the other day, so uh, we all know how that went. <laughs> anyway, we're going to be moving on to another of the handicap action, um, the Bet365 mile handicap at 150 uh, for three-year-olds only. And there's two in this race that I'm going to be having a bet on, one at the head of the market and one that's uh, more of an outsider. Uh, of the ones that head the market, I'm going to side with Eastern World. Um, he's around about four to one nine two prize action. That's quite a decent uh, price for him. He's a Dubawi half brother to Thundersnow, and all five of his siblings that have raced so far have been black type performers, putting up peak RPRs of one two three, one one six, one one three, one zero six, and one zero five. He looks like a work in progress, albeit a pretty classy one. And the form of his two novice races, uh, the way he finished runner up. Um, were both very strong, where he ran into the likes of Starcat and King Leonidas. Um, being by Dubawi, he should handle any cut in the ground, and Charlie Appleby has been absolutely flying this season with a 35% strike rate over the last 14 days, so I think he's well worth a bet at about the 4-1 price. And of the outsiders, if the ground is very soft, um, I'd give a chance to Into Faith. Um, his best run was over at two was over eight furlongs on very soft ground at Longchamp, and whilst that form hasn't worked out that well, and as a result, his mark is on the high side. I think if the ground does come up very testing, he's one that will be suited by it as opposed to just having to cope with it. Um, he ran very well in his comeback run. Um, and you expect him to improve for that. Then Pierre-Charles Boudot is over to ride in the Falmouth on Friday, but he stays to ride him on Saturday. 
So that's obviously a very positive jockey booking and 25 to 1, four places available at the moment. I wouldn't put anyone off taking that as well. James, you like a good handicap to get stuck into? What, what's your view on this? I do, but I'm going to be very unoriginal and side with the favourite, finest sound. He's up £7 for coming second to Calusi at Ascot. And if I think Calusi turned up in the in the Betfred Summer Mile at Ascot, I think he'd be competitive in that. So I'm not concerned that Finest Sound is up £7 for coming second because he absolutely demolished the rest of the field at Ascot. Um, I think Finest Sound's a good thing and you get 3-1. to one. Short and sweet, that's what we, uh, that's what we like. Uh, Tom, do you, do you agree with James there or, or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, no, I'm, I'm very much in agreement with James. It's like he's almost wrote the exact same thing that I have. Uh, my exact words are, you wouldn't see me fancying many horses up £7 for being beat four and a half lengths. But yeah, I, I think Khaleesi could be... I mean, I, I said Lord Campari could be a Group 1 horse, so maybe I would take this with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> Khaleesi probably is a Group 1 horse. I, th- I think it's an excellent race. Uh, probably not one for betting. 3-1 uh, is probably about fair. Uh, I don't think it's outstanding value about finest sound, but I do think he is the most likely winner and I do agree with you if it does come up quite testing I'd be willing to give uh, Interfaith a chance at a big price but my, my only concern was that the handicapper has been incredibly harsh by not dropping him for that run but um, yeah I, to be honest even if it comes up relatively testing I, I still think that Finer Sound would win so okay so two shots for the favourite yeah an original <laughs> So we're going to move on now to Ascot for the feature race. Um, the 3.15, the Group 2 Summer Mile over eight furlongs. And Tom, starting with you this time, uh, what takes your fancy in the Summer Mile? You know what? Over the last couple of days when I've been looking at this race, I've been absolutely desperate to take my half on because I thought it was going to be quick ground. Um, but Ascot's had a little bit of rain. Um, I don't... As long as it's not good to firm by Saturday, I think he'll probably win. He, he's going to be all the rage, um, and rightly so, because I think he went into... Well, I hope you're not putting Group 1 horses in. You're not, but he's tracker. But he, he proverbially, proverbially went into everybody's tracker in that Queen Anne run. And uh, rightly so. Uh, I think he's he's another who could end up in the... Uh, uh, what's it called? The QE2 at the end of the season. Uh, I think he, he probably will win because I think his best form is probably that much above everybody else's. But uh, two that it's really good to see back, not necessarily from a betting point of view, but uh, Lord Glitters' Ascot form is always worth a second look, albeit um, he's probably better on the straight mile than he is uh, on the round course. And uh, it's great to see Sam Donato back. We, we haven't seen him since he was uh, third to Persian King in the French 2000 Guineas last year. Obviously, it's a long time off the track and he's, he's going to come up massively for that run. But uh, yeah, great great to see them both back from uh, injuries, but I, I'd give my half of the vote. Yeah, you, you, you've almost stolen this time. Um, so, Mohafa, like you said, I, I think it was very hard to beat. You saw him look at Ascot last time, just couldn't get a run at all. And um, especially if there was any rain between now and then. He's already shown that he can handle cut, but he doesn't need it. And like you said, of the rest, the one I'm looking forward to seeing most was Sandinato because he was such a good two-year-old a couple of years ago. And we only got to see him once last year. He's always had a decent reputation. He cost half a million as a yearling. 
But like you say, I mean, he's, he's facing a 426-day layoff, so he's probably not a betting proposition, but it'd be nice to see him back. Of, of the rest, there wasn't really anything that took my fancy, to be honest. James, what about yourself? Have you, have you uh, got a, a betting fancy in this race? Not a betting fancy, but the two that I, I like the look of, you've, you've both mentioned. We absolutely love our David O'Mara French imports at the minute, especially after today. So Lord Glitters is another one of those. He usually puts up a, a good run at Ascot. I, I think he's fine with the straight and the round mile uh, at Ascot. Um, so you, you couldn't go wrong with an each-way bet on, on Lord Glitters. And yeah, San Donato, only the one run last year. I'm Persian King and French Guineas. So he'll be interesting, especially if there's, there's rain around. I've not really got anything else to add to what Tom's already said. There we go. So... Uh... Will any of us really be having a bet, do you reckon, in the race, or is it more just a watching brief? Um, I, I might have a punt on Mohafa at the price. Um, I, it's obviously all going to be price and ground dependent on the day, but if there's the odd, uh, the odd spit of rain and somebody goes 3-1, to one, but yeah, I'd probably chance them at 3-1. to one. Okay. So we're going to move on to the one of the sporting races at Ascot, the mile-and-a-half handicap for three rolls, the 240. Unfortunately, there's only five runners in this race, which is a bit disappointing. Um, and James, I'm going to start with you. Um, is there anything that's taking your fancy in the race? Um, if I was to back anything, it'd probably be Dubai Souk. I know Celestrom's third behind the Derby runner-up in the cut hat at Goodwood, but I just, I just wasn't a fan of that race. Um, so, so I think Celestrom's too short at two to one. Dubai Souk is one who really appreciate the step up in trip last time. There's something about Dubai's Ascot, who's that Royal Ascot, some ridiculous stat about them over a mile and a half. Is that a Royal Ascot or just an Ascot in general? I think it's just an Ascot in general, the stat. Ascot in general. I can't remember yeah, so he's, he's Dubai Ascot over a mile and a half. Looked to improve massive for step up in trip. And might he get a soft lead out in front? If he does, then he's got a big chance. Okay. Tom, I know there's one you fancy in this. Uh, why don't you let rip? Yeah, uh, so initially I thought that Celestron would be uh, quite quite popular um, because of that contact form. Uh, Mark is definitely fair in my opinion, but I, I don't think he'll stay the trip. Um, if you look at his pedigree, he seems to be related to a couple of seven furlong and mile winners. So the, the mile and a half has to be a big question mark for me. The one that I really like in this uh, is Summit Reach. So he is closely related to a 12 furlong Group 1 winner uh, in France and Australia. So I don't think there's going to be any doubts that he's going to stay the trip all right. Um, he's got some good form of his own from a novice company. He was second to Kaluzi on debut. Uh, he was then fifth behind Starker in that very good Kempton race. Um, I think he's one that's definitely going to stay. He was relatively well supported on his handicap debut. Um, on the face of it, he ran a shocker, but um, that, that clearly wasn't his true showing because he, he stopped far too quickly for that to be taken seriously. Um, all, all the jockeys, all the jockeys said when he got off was that he stopped quickly. Um, I, I always say that if you want to forgive uh, forgive a horse one bad run, then uh, yeah, you should. And uh, given he's the outsider of five here. Um, I thought that he would be the leader because uh, he, he led at Kempton on his handicap debut last time. 
But uh, yeah, I, I think he's really big value against uh, a very weak, in my opinion, favourite. So summit reach for me. I think he's about eight to one, nine to one at the minute. You can get. Yep, nine to yeah. one. generally eight to one, but yeah, that's a good shout in a, in a five runner race. It's, that's a, that's a decent price. Um, it's not a race that I particularly have a strong opinion on, but I think you may have just swayed me there. So I think I probably am to put my hand in my pocket and having a, having a couple of quid on summit reach. Um, so we're going to be moving on to the the final race that we're going to be previewing in depth, which is the. 350, the Betfred Heritage Handicap, Class 2, 5 film Handicap for three-year-olds and upwards. And I'm going to keep it pretty simple here. We know that Ascot loves a draw bias. I don't know what it's going to be. So I'm going to pick one one high and one low. <laughs> and I'm going to pick Arachibo drawn three and Jonah Jones drawn 20. Um, I'm not going to lie, these aren't the type of races that I usually expect. These aren't really my expertise, but I do think both of these do look ready to strike um, and a quickly run big field race Ascot should suit both of them Arochibo is one of these David O'Mara ones that we like um, he's had a couple of uh, he's also said on a couple of occasions that they do think there's a big pot in him he shaped very nicely last time I think he could go very close and Jonah Jones he's, he's a very unexposed horse at five furlongs um, he was a bit unlucky last time and nothing went right for him in his three year old season last year as a result he's still very lightly raced compared to a lot of these that he's running against Um and I thought his, his comeback effort this year for a new yard, he's now moved to Ed Walker. Um, it's much more like it. Um, so I'll be back in the pair to win it when they're both around 10 to 1. James, what about yourself? Big field handicap. What are you getting stuck into? So I thought here we'd have pace drawn low, uh, ornate and national anthem. Therefore, I've gone with you and Arachibo. He likes to be held up. I think soft, soft ground five furlongs at Ascot's his ideal. He wasn't far behind Dakota Gold in a listed race at Ascot last season. However, he rarely wins. <laughs> um, so it would be an each-way selection only. William Hill, a 10-to-1 about Arachibo, whereas Bet365 are only 11-to-2, which is interesting. The second selection would be maybe drawn in the middle, is Final Venture. So he's another who tends to go quite well at Ascot. I think 101 is a fair mark for him. I think he had a good comeback run behind El Astronaut at Doncaster. 101 is really workable for him. So I thought he was a good price at 14s. Might get bigger on the day. There you go. Two each race selections for you then, James. Tom, you, 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 you're always my go-to person for a sprint handicap. What do you reckon? That, that might explain why you're not very successful at them then. <laughs> um, but there's no surprise to see Stone of Destiny at the top of the market. Um, I, I did think I, when I first uh, looked through the race, I was hoping I'd get a price. He's, he's nine to one favourite. That's, that's not enough to tempt me in because he just never wins. Um, so instead, I'm going to go for another horse that never really wins. It's not Arachibo, though. Um, yeah, I'm... I'm Following James's uh, pace draw theme, I've got the pace being Sahek in one, National Anthem five, Ornate, uh, sorry, National Anthem four, Ornate in five, Final Venture can be prominent in 11, and then just another bottle in 15. So I think uh, this is one of the rare occasions where you do probably want to be drawn on the low side. Um, so instead, I've picked one in the middle. <laughs> uh, I thought Venturous would go really well 
Uh, he was really well backed last time at Newcastle behind uh, Caspian Prince. But the way the track was riding that day, you didn't want to be too far back. Um, he came from pretty much dead last and was unlucky. Uh, finished up beating a length and a half. He was also probably on the wrong side of the track that day. Um, last time, uh, the time before that, sorry, he was second to the reposing Mountain Peak at Haydock. Again, he just didn't really get a run until late. Quite unlucky. And uh, yeah, I think a stiff five furlongs is going to play perfectly to his strengths because he stays six. He's one over six. Um, he's drawn, hopefully, he's drawn the right side, in the, uh, sorry, right in the middle in the sense that he's going to have a choice of where to go because if they do break into two groups, you've got Ornate, National Anthem, Sahek giving you a tour on the uh, low numbers, Final Venture, and uh, just another ball up in the middle to high numbers. So I think he's probably drawn about perfect. And, uh, yeah, 12 to 1, I think he's a good each way bet. There we go. So a couple of... Uh, um, so that's all the, the race we're going to preview in depth. So we're going to now just have a quick look at any th- any other business. And Tom, is there any other bets that are taking your fancy throughout the cards on Saturday? Uh, there isn't actually from uh, from my initial looks. No, um, don't see anything um, outstanding. There is one horse that I'm particularly looking forward to, um, but he's a bit too short for a bet at nine to four, and that's uh, Yuri Gagarin in the first at Newmarket. Um, I think his, his win at Kempton was fantastic. He travelled like a dream. He didn't have to be fully extended. Um, he was given boatloads of weight away that day. I think a uh, mark of 95 really underestimates him. I can see him being about a 110 horse by the end of the season. And uh, he, he's by Sea the Moon. So ground, if it does come up that bit softer, should be absolutely no issue for him. But uh, yeah, he's, I think he's, there's only William Hill that are priced up and he's 9-4 to four with them. Uh, I'd maybe want about kind of 11-4, to 3-1 before I'm back with him. But uh, yeah, there, there wasn't anything else. I, I didn't get a chance to look at Salisbury. But uh, yeah, there didn't seem to be anything else from uh, those cards or even at left. Okay, is there any other bets that you'll be uh, having a look at on the weekend? I'll be having a look at something, but haven't at this stage. I'm sure we'll have something up on that Telegram channel. Good plug for the Telegram channel. That's what we like. Um, <laughs> just the, the only other horse I'll give a mention to, I'm not 100% sure that I'll definitely be backing her, but um, Spring of Love makes her handicap debut in the 225 at Newmarket. And I did back her anti-post for the 1,000 guineas. So, Same. <laughs> <laughs> um and a new market run on debut last year as a two, the back end as a two-year-old was really impressive. She won pretty much on the bridle, which you don't see many horses winning at new market novices like that. Um, she was bitterly disappointed on a comeback run, but she did drift like an absolute barge. I think she was about uh, about six to one out to twelve to one SP, and she ran like it. She ran with a choke out. She's got the hood on this time, so she does have a couple of question marks to answer. But I'll probably be having to back her around about five to one mainly just because um, it would really annoy me if she went and won on Handicap debut for Mark of 88 having backed her for 1,000 guineas. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that's uh, we've covered all the races. We're going to go for a nap each so we can get a little uh, team Trixie up. Um, Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, oh, do you want to come to me? Do you want to come to me last? I'll see what uh, Glover goes for first. Okay, oh, it depends, yeah. What, what, what race were you going towards? Because you, you heard my nap earlier. <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course, your nap was uh, the 6-1. to one. Are, we go- 
yeah, what sort of price? Is, is okay, it yeah, a big that's price fine. each way? I, I'll take more half of them. I, I've really warmed to them over the last day, so I'll stick with my half Okay, so my half of Tom. James, you're happy to go with Moose? Uh, I can never pronounce that horse's name. You have to pronounce it for me. Moose to Marcy. Moose to Marcy, that's the one. Nah. Oh, so these, what am I going to go for? The shorter prices. Ooh. Finest sound. Finest sound. I'm not that finest sound. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you want more Hatha, I'll, I'll switch over to Summit Reach. Uh, I think I'll. I'll it sounds bonkers. I think I might chance Arachibo. So, no winning Trixie here then. <laughs> Make it an each way trick despite having more half of 11 to 4. Nah, I'm hoping Arachiba is going to finally deliver. This is the day that he's going to deliver. <laughs> if the draw is right. And I know we're in good form, but fuck me, we're not going to get that horse to win. <laughs> nah. Unfortunately, it's not in our hands. But I, I thought it was interesting that I don't know what other rides, um, um, what's his name, would have had. But he, he has gone to Ascot and to ride, hasn't he? Oh, I suppose he'd be riding a lot of glitters, won't he? Um, yeah. I need to know that is. Sorry, completely forgot his name for a sec. Yeah, oh well. I was going to use Harry Bentley, that too, so look for. <laughs> I know. Harry Bentley riding like Pete Jamie Spencer today, cruising, <laughs> cruising in behind winner. Oh, and then producing right at the right time. Anyway, so that, that's it from us today. Um, as always, if, if you've enjoyed listening, please um, either give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because that's how people can then, um, the more reviews it gets, the more likely and easy it is for other people to find it. Also, uh, retweet us on Twitter. Um, you can follow our Telegram channel, which is also a pinned tweet on Twitter for us. Um and yeah, just uh, spread the word if you've enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, until next time, goodbye. Thank you. Good night.